You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From the local lanes to the PBA Tour, bowling fans, welcome to the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, presented by the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Associates. Now, here's your host, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show. Uh, welcome in our last show of the season, How Time Flies, PBA uh, has a show, obviously, again this weekend with the Masters, but then off the whole month of March, and then they come back for team play uh, in April. At, uh, by that point, we're in Brewers baseball and so forth. Uh, so, Dwight, uh, you, me, Phil, another season flies by. Phil Prilo not here uh, as he yeah. is all kinds of tied up out in Las Vegas, uh, and he had one heck of an experience, obviously, last week. Yeah, it's been a, um, a long week for Phil, and uh, obviously the whole bowling industry feels horrible for what ended up happening, but... On a side note, I want to thank you, Sparky. Well, and, why don't you and, tell everybody what happened? And the radio for show. Those listening that don't know what happened. Well, the PBA truck was stolen in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with all the extra frame mm-hmm. um, equipment on it. I guess 450 undrilled bowling balls, 150 drilled bowling balls. I guess many pairs of shoes. And it, it. it I guess they found the truck 35 miles away. Unfortunately. Uh, that all the um, computers that they use for extra frame, the lighting, um, it's just, um, I guess. They st- left the bowling balls. They left the bowling Must balls. Have Might bowlers. not have had a chance to inventory them is what we're thinking. Uh, from what I've read, the reports I read, um, it, there's just it's extremely sketchy details yet of what's going on. But bottom line is the extra frame equipment used to, to put it on the air has not been recovered. Right. So now they got to. Put in their insurance claim, get that money back, and you know how how long it's going to take for insurance. It could take forever. That, and obviously, um, I did read that they did back up the material at least, so they have that, I guess, in the computer. So, but you know, when we were out in Carpentersville last year, and I did extra frame with Phil, which I, again, I'm very grateful and thankful to Phil for allowing me to do it. Uh, the computer unfortunately went down. Um, the week the weekend that I was there, and it was a wonderful experience being on Extra Frame and, and talking the action. And I have a new respect uh, for the guys that do it, that are, have that ability to to fill time. And <laughs> You ain't kidding. It's, That's a long time. I've been out there oh, with Phil, yeah. too, when they were in Milwaukee. It it's is an art. a long time to go yeah, out there I mean, and talk. you got to have the encyclopedia bowling, I call it. Yeah. You know, um, but they do a wonderful job, and um, it was great to be a part of it. But when the computer went down, I, I said to Phil, I go, well, now what? You know, and he was like, we're screwed. 
you know, we, I mean, without that computer, um, we can't be on the air. And I said, well, what about a backup computer? And he said, well, no, because of this type of computer that it is, it's, it's just like one of a kind. Right. So now they're going to have to figure out how to replace it. I mean, I, It'll be interesting to see what happens, and uh, good luck to the PBA for uh, go, going situation. forward. So, yeah, so yeah. the USBC stepped up, gave them uh, their equipment uh, right. to use for this week in Las Vegas, and, and Phil is doing that and uh, pulling it off as best they can uh, this week in Vegas and then figure out something, I guess, going forward. Uh, okay, so Tournament of Champions was yes. uh, last weekend, uh, and that is why they were in Albuquerque, uh, New Mexico to begin with. Uh, let's start off first uh, with the first match uh, of the day, uh, and it's Pete Weber. And Pete mm-hmm. Weber in that first match uh, is going against Tom Smallwood. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, everybody, including you and me, I believe, we're all thinking the same thing. Please, oh, please, oh, please let Pete Weber get on a run here. Because mm-hmm. if Pete Weber gets on a run, you're going to hold everybody to that TV until that run is done. And if mm-hmm. he gets all the way to tack it at the championship, even better, right? Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, right from the beginning, I'm like, "Where's the Pete Bad Boy?" Nope. <laughs> you know, he, well, the first ball he threw was a strike, and he turned around right away to somebody in the fan yes, in the stands yep. and said, "Hey, don't be moving stuff." Yeah, you know, but like the interview with with Kimberly, I mean, he was just like real down to earth and real yeah, that's, mellow Pete, and I'm that's like, my guy. <laughs> That's my guy. You always get all worked up about him. That's my guy, Pete Weber. See, he's a real nice guy. You ought to just give cut him some slack, man. <laughs> forget about everything that happened in Maybe the 80s. Maybe he's just knowing with his years. Yeah, forget about everything that happened in the 80s, man. Okay, right. so first things first. So you bowl in a center all week, and yeah. it's similar to what it used to be yeah. like here in Milwaukee, right? You'd yeah. bowl at Miller Park, but you bowl Different at Valero leading up to it. Yeah. You'd bowl at, which is now Panther Arena, but you'd bowl at Bolero leading right. up to it. Right. So the lanes are totally different. It's the exact same way it used to be at South Point Casino. You'd bowl in their bowling center, but then right. you'd go to a separate room where you'd put the stands and everything else, and then they'd have a whole brand new set of lanes that they'd bring in. So there's an adjustment period that goes with it. The lanes were so different, Dwight, that Pete Weber was using two different balls between the left lane and the right lane. And different from the bowling alley that they qualified in. That's the biggest right. thing that the viewer has to understand is when they go to that setting, they're using the same pair of lanes that they actually used out in where all the World Series of Bullings were. Was that Vegas? Reno. Reno, Vegas. Yep. Yeah. Reno. You know, in, in, in that convention center. And historically, it always has shown that the left lane hooks more than the right lane. Um, and obviously, it, it raised its head again. The other thing that was going on is they were having problems with the balls, what I call double bouncing in the heads, first right. 10 feet of the lane. Yep. And, and Pete, had t- Pete talked about that happening post-interview. Uh, was that the right lane he right was lane. saying that was happening on? Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big difference. And the oh. left lane was hooking more uh, than right. the right lane was. And, yeah. and that was the huge difference. And that's why they were using, or he was using, two different bowling balls. Yep. And he, he's getting out there. That first match is tough because they're tight. You know, I mean, it's a fresh oil pattern, even though they've had a little practice on it. But, I mean, you need games to break it down and get right. it similar to what it was in the qualifying in the bowling alley part. And then, you know, I think for me, the biggest point of that match was, and I don't know if, if he would agree with me or not, but you know, Pete Weber, you stick on a spare shot and almost fall over yeah. and kill yourself. I think that was in the third frame. His next two first balls weren't good at all. No. And the fifth it's frame, he brain. leaves a 210 split. He picks it up mm-hmm. and everybody goes crazy, right? But I think that really was the difference of why he lost to Tom Smallwood. Those two frames right there where his first balls weren't where they should have been, even close, yeah. I, I think it kind of got in his head. I mean, you can talk about it. When you it stick does. like that, 
now you're fearful the next time that you're going to stick again, especially when, you know, he goes down, and I do the exact same thing he did. I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. You immediately start taking your, your bowling shoe, and you start rubbing the approach going, okay, is there something yeah. down here, or was it my fault? And then they show the replay, and Peterson even said, no, that was him. He just, he stuck that stuck. foot. Yeah. And it just seems like this hasn't been the first time that he's had problem with footing issues sure. on TV. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is people might say, well, then why TV? Well, maybe the bullying hill had wood approaches with synthetic lanes. Sure. Again, that different environment I keep talking about. Well, and that's exactly right. And for me, that's that's where the difference in the match was. Did you have a different area of that match where you thought was a big difference? Well, yeah, Smallwood made a ball change. Yeah, he did. Yep. You know, and I think that to me is why he won the match. He had a much better look with the Zeno yeah. yep. uh, by Radical that he stepped by. You know, versus the cash, I believe, or the the fix. He was using the fix the first uh, couple frames, so uh, which he used all week. Sure did. You know, so uh, ball change can make that big of a difference. Yeah, no question. And uh, so Tom Smallwood goes on to beat uh, Pete Weber two twenty three to two o three to take care of business, and then you get to match number two, uh, and that's Dom Barrett, uh, and he gets uh, Smallwood uh, in that match, uh, and coming in again. I like Tom Smallwood. I just have no faith in Tom Smallwood whatsoever. So going into that match, I'm going, okay, well, Don Barrett's probably going to beat Smallwood, uh, and then we're probably going to move on. Yeah, and, well, I give more faith to Smallwood. Uh, My nickname for him is the Bulldog. He just keeps coming at you like a Bulldog, you know, and um, it all comes down to look. And the thing that I saw real early with this show is they had the look, then they lost the look. And that and 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 ha- that happened with Smallwood in match two, and that happened with Barrett in match three. Yeah, but you look at Smallwood, you leave a pocket seven ten. Bad break. That, that, right. And On a crossover from Barrett, the frame before. Right, and he and he carries it. Right, but, but, and but he heard Smallwood say something about it. But that's the exact same thing. Sometimes the guy that gets a brace is going to win. He mm-hmm. may be luckier than you that match. There's yes. nothing wrong with being lucky. If lucky gets you a win, so be it. I mean, yep. Barrett threw, what, eight of the first nine were strikes, I think. Yep. He was just rolling. Smallwood still had a chance uh, towards the end, a very slim chance. Yep. And then he leaves a seven count on that first ball in the ninth, and then it was You're, over at that point. Right. You're going to need an open out of Barrett to make the match close, and it right. just simply didn't happen. But, I mean, could it have been a different match if a Smallwood carries that strike on the pocket 7-10? Who knows? Sure. Absolutely right. And uh, talking about the final there, Barrett over Smallwood, 235 to 202. Now, they did a special little thing on the TV telecast uh, where they showed all the bowling balls lined yes. up. Yeah. Um, There's like five or six bowling yep. balls. And then Randy Peterson uh, took his little marker or whatever for TV, and he circled the pin placements and all the different bowling balls, and then he got to Smallwoods, and he showed the huge difference yes. uh, of that. And I told Dwight before we came on there, I said, now we might get a little techie and geeky here, so it's okay. It's the it last simple. show of the year. We can get techie and geeky a little bit for you. <laughs> well, we got to get so, Carmen on for that. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Carmen Salvino. I love Carmen. Yeah, we love Carmen. So, so tell everybody, because, again, he doesn't throw the ball the same way you throw the ball or I throw the ball. He does throw the same ball the same way that uh, Jason Belmonte throws the ball or Don Bear throws the ball. He throws the ball kind of all to himself, kind mm-hmm. of that power grip, thumb not in the ball, I don't believe, halfway. right? Halfway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he kind of cups it On and then form. just turns the yeah. heck out of it when yeah. he releses it. Therefore, the Very pin unique. placement is yeah. completely different in the ball. Well, we do it locally too, Sparky. Right. It's called track management. So the pin, which represents the top of the weight block, keep it simple, has to be positioned in an angle to maximize the bowler's miss area. 
So because of where Tom Smallwood tracks on the bowling ball between the right side of the thumb and the left side of the middle finger, we call that a full roller. Randy talks about it all the time on TV that Smallwood tracks like a full roller, which was what they kind of released the ball back in the 60s, 50s like. It just happens to be his release and how he tracks on the ball. And they found that pin location down in that 8 o'clock angle works very well for him. Peterson made a mention that if you look at a layout of his ball, it almost looks like exactly the opposite or reverse of what a normal ball layout would look like. And that's because his track is opposite or reverse of what most bowlers bowl like today, as most bowlers have a three, they call it a three-quarter track, or someone that tracks about an inch off the thumb and the finger holes to the left. So for you then, when you have a bowler that comes in that you may not be familiar with, right, Mm -hmm. from that perspective, do you say, I want to... Go throw a couple frames here. I just want to see what you, before we do this, just get your shoes on. Not the ball a game. Just throw a couple. I just want to see what I'm working with. Because I, I just, from a pro shop perspective, there's no way you know to make the ball like that for a guy that you don't know. Now, Smallwood's blessed with having all these people around him that are the top of the top. At, at least 80 to 90% of my customers, new customers, will go and throw a couple shots for me so I can watch their game, number one, and try to match them up to the right equipment, but I'm watching where the oil line is on the ball so I can get an idea of how they release it. Absolutely. 80 to 90%. Yeah, and I, I think that's obviously something that has to be done uh, at that point. If you point. want to give customer service, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why you go see Dwight at the Spare Time Pro Shop <laughs> in New Berlin. Uh, and speaking of that Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin, you'll be drilling uh, the bowling ball that Willie will pick the winner for. Coming up here, uh, we'll do it in the third segment of the show, uh, just after a 9.30, I guess it'll be after that's uh, at 9.35 or so, somewhere in that area. We'll have Sean Morris on from Ebonite uh, and we're driving for a track Mako bowling ball. Many of you have signed up at MILWCAR.com, the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association over the course of the last month. Tom Menting yeah. uh, and his fine folks over there have been nice enough to step up uh, to get this ball as have the people at Ebonite. It's been great all month and we'll pick a winner again coming up about uh, 9.30, 9.35 or so. Yeah, I want to personally thank Sean Morris, one of the nicest and he'll reps join out us there, and he'll be joining us. Segment, yeah. I, I want to thank Tom Menting for doing all the hard work. Tom's been great. Uh, every year and for being a great sponsor of the show. So without them, it's it's a group effort, and, and we are greatly, um, eternally fa- uh, oh, grateful. Grateful. Thank there you. you. Go. I got you. For getting the right word for me, for all their help. Sure. Uh, okay, so we will do that coming up in the third segment. Coming up in the next segment, we'll come back and talk about what happened in the second half of the Tournament of Champions uh, TV show. Uh, Don Barrett beats Smallwood. Next up for Don Barrett, well, it doesn't get exactly a lot easier. Tommy Jones, who's had a resurgence in the last year or so, uh, was waiting for Don Barrett. We'll talk about what happened in that match and what would happen to EJ Tackett, who was sitting at the one hole. Could he finish off uh, the winner of this match uh, in that one matchup? We'll talk about that straight ahead. Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show here on the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care, or presented by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Late spare time bowling show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association uh, here on the fancy Sparky Fiver. Dwight Albrecht uh, with us. Phil Brylow uh, taking this last show off as he has, has his hands full with extra frame over at PBA.com out in Las Vegas uh, this week. Uh, so again, our thanks to Phil Brylow for joining us and being our co-host again this year and uh, doing a bunch of great interviews on the show. Uh, and just being an instrumental piece to the show like he has been for the last couple of years. Dwight. You want to be talking about like the Boeing encyclopedia. That is yeah. Phil Bryle. He knows everything about everything. And being with Extra Frame, he's at almost every event leading mm-hmm. up, qualifying everything else. You can hear him. And uh, 
You'll hear them all year long in 2017 as well as they do the Extra Frame Tour that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and all of that. Uh, he is going to be a busy, busy, busy guy. Yep, great having him on the show. We greatly appreciate it. Yep. Uh, okay, so time to get to the second half uh, of the Tournament of Champions TV show. Now it's Tommy Jones, uh, and he was waiting uh, for uh, Dom Barrett. And going into this match, I thought Tommy Jones. That's where I was at. I wasn't thinking Dom Barrett again. Where were you at on this? After the way Barrett was throwing the ball against Smallwood, I I thought Barrett would run the table and and even maybe even beat EJ. Uh, he had such a great look in that Maverick Pearl bowling right. ball by Ebonite. So uh, another Ebonite product out there, and uh, watch for that Maverick Pearl. That's going to be a real special ball also, and that's what um, Barrett was throwing. So tell me this: this match starts, and right away I'm going. He's going to throw urethane. Mm-hmm. Tommy Jones is going to throw urethane. I can, he can crank the heck out of that bowling yeah. ball, right? So you have to be able to throw the ball like that in order to throw urethane. Yeah. That's what he decided to do. What were your thoughts when that match started that he was throwing urethane? I thought he would lose. Um, I th- <laughs> Honest. <laughs> That's I, all I he, wanted to hear. Yeah. I thought he was going to lose, Sparky. Yeah, I, I mean, every time someone tries to throw urethane on TV, they lose. Yeah. Um, the ball reactions simply just not as good as what you're going to get out of a resin ball. And they make so many different resin balls. They get so many different looks out there. And they finish so much better than a urethane ball. He must have been really confident with his look to try to urethane and roll the dice to throw urethane. You know, when you talk about that difference between what he's throwing and what Don Barrett's throwing or what EJ Tackett would throw or Smallwood or whatever else, you're throwing that urethane ball. How does that change, if at all? I'm getting back into the techie part of things. How does that change at all how that oil is picked up on the lane when somebody else is bowling in that same track? Great question. Ha, I got one. Yep, great question. First one of the entire season Resin on the last ball show. absorbs that oil line into the shell of the cover. Urethane, that oil line stays on the outer shell of the ball. Could definitely change the ball reaction, but where Jones was playing, as far out as he was, I do not really firmly believe it was going to affect the ball reaction because Barrett was so far inside already by that point, about almost fourth arrow, and Jones is out by first arrow, sixth, seventh board. So I I do not believe that the lines were going to be crossing at that point. And they kept talking about the fact that they were playing such different lines going Mm -hmm. into this thing. I mean, Tommy Jones was pretty much just playing right up the right side, first, second I think, arrow. I think Peterson said 16 boards yeah. difference. I mean, that's a huge difference It is to see guys like that throw. Now, again, if it's Pete Weber, I go, yeah, Pete's probably throwing similar lines to what mm-hmm. Tommy Jones is. And Tommy Jones wanted it that way, and that's why he wanted the earth. And otherwise, he probably would have been way out in God's country like EJ Tackett ended up having to be. If Jones was playing urethane around, let's say, third arrow and carrying that oil down, it would have definitely changed the look that Barrett had. Barrett just lost the look that match. Uh, Jones had, a, believe it or not, a better look even with urethane from the outside. You know, the other thing about this is um, when you get these two guys there, these are both guys that have been on TV numerous times, right? Many times. Tommy Jones has been there. Now, it's been a while. and Up until the last year, year and a half, he hasn't been on TV for a while. He's got himself in a little bit of a drought. Dom Barrett has been all over the world mm-hmm. winning titles and so forth. So it's different than saying EJ Tackett. Uh, Now, he's gotten himself going, but early on, he didn't have as much experience, and you could have the experience edge of TV and not seeing certain situations play out. These two guys have kind of seen everything by this point. That, and Randy made a great point about how both of them have two of the best releases out on the tour, what they do with their hands at the the bottom of the swing. And I love that Randy 
points that out to the viewer and how great their hands rotate around the ball. Now, he pointed out something else, Tucky guy, that I wanted to, to do. Mm-hmm. And he pointed out that Tommy Jones spreads that index yes. figure out wide. And that was an adjustment that he made about a year, year and a half ago yep. uh, for the roll on the ball. Now, right. for those people, I mean, if you're listening, you can spread out your finger wide on the ball, too. And Dwight's going to tell you why you would do that. Back many years ago, they had a, a bowling glove called the Cobra. Had it. The Cobra had the index figure. I believe I still have it and still wear it. I believe right. it's in my bowling bag. Right. And it was way off onto the left. And what it helped you do is help get your hand to rotate around the side of the ball a little bit more to put more side yep. rotation on and the that's ball. That's why I wanted it. Pro Shops used it to try to get the bowlers to track off of the holes and try to bring the track down a little bit. Not as popular as a glove as it used to be, um, let's say, in the 90s. They still make them to a degree. Uh, Robbie's makes a version of it. Um, but spreading that index finger for a lot of the pros could also help the ball just stay more centrally balanced in the middle of the hand, too. Right. Okay, so let's uh, talk about what happens in this match then. Uh, Barrett throws the ball high, leaves baby split in the sixth frame. Yep. Dom Start, started to lose right. his look. Yep. Tommy Jones comes back, doubles, sixth and seventh. Mm-hmm. Now this is critical. Here's Dom Barrett. What you going to do? Because mm-hmm. Tommy, Tommy capitalized on it. He throws a double uh, in the seventh and the eighth. Jones comes back and makes it four to roll with strikes in the eighth and the ninth, and it's nose and nose, and Barrett leaves a 10-pin in the ninth, and that's it. And it was a pretty close match, even mm-hmm. though Tommy Jones outbowled him. I think Tommy Jones deserved to win that match, maybe different than we can talk about the championship match. Tommy Jones deserved to win this match. Well, he missed that 10-pin uh, yeah, in the fifth frame. And Peterson pointed out, there's probably not many times on TV where you miss a single-pin spare and you still win a match. Yep. Correct, and point. that made the match real close. Right, absolutely right. Oh, okay, so then the final score uh, in that one between uh, Tommy Jones uh, and Dom Barrett, Barrett loses 248 to 216. Again, that score, in my opinion, uh, isn't really indicative of how close it was. It was closer than that uh, until the very end. So Jones over Barrett, 248 to 216. Now we get to the championship match, Tackett and Tommy Jones. Where's mm-hmm. your head at going into this match? Tackett, hot hand. Um, had a good look all week. I, I just, again, could not believe in my mind or in my eyes that Jones could u- win using urethane from the outside, even though he had a good look with that black hammer. Right. A- absolutely. And the other thing is, is he talked about it too when he interviewed with Kimberly Pressler, and she brought it up that he'd been standing back there watching, and he thought that he had scouted the big difference between the left lane and the right lane, yep. and he thought he was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then he had to bowl it. Right. And it little did, wasn't yeah. scouted like he thought. Yeah. Little did he know that his shot was also disappearing. Right. Right in front of his eyes. It, it changed quickly. But that again, that's what happens when you're bowling last. These oil conditions have completely changed yep. from match one to the time you finally get on the lanes. Tommy Jones, yep. in my opinion, has the advantage because he was out there for a match and knew how it was breaking down before you got out there. I'll guarantee you Tommy Jones did not play the outside line at the bowling alley during qualifying. I'll bet you he was with resin playing in like all the others. You think so? Absolutely. I'd love to ask him that question, you know, someday, but I'll bet he never used urethane from the outside line. He must have saw something in practice he liked. And then made that move at that point. Right, on the TV pair. All right, so let's go to uh, that match uh, itself. What a match. Uh, as these two guys get going at it. And I'm just going to say this. When they threw up this graphic, Tommy Jones, 15-5, and five, heading into that match in TV title matches. 
TV title matches. He's been in 20. This is 21 now. TV title matches, Dwight, averaging 219. Yes. That blew me. I mean, I knew he was really good early on, but I didn't realize he'd been on in t- that many TV title matches. Mental toughness. Tommy Jones is total mental toughness on TV. He just right. He's meant to be there. Right. Absolutely right. Uh, and so now we get on TV, and you were talking about the single pin thing that he missed. That was actually in this match. It wasn't in oh, the previous match. He misses the 10 pin in the fifth frame. Um. So tell me the psychology from a bowler perspective. When he misses that 10 pin and you're tacking and now you grab a ball, aren't you thinking? I got new life. Got to capitalize. We got to take advantage of this. Regardless of where you are in the match, if you're up, if you're down, you want to try and throw a knockout punch if you can get it and get momentum on your side, right? Absolutely. I'm back in the match. That's how you got to look at it. Um, I think you threw away 21 at least 21 pins just by he threw 11 away just leaving the 10 pin and then another 10 away by missing it and then tack it crosses the ball over and leaves the 3 10 split i just shook my head i said oh my god please right. don't melt back down. to back opens please don't melt down on tv ej so he leaves a 3 10 he picks it up though right but he blows yep. a chance to really capitalize on it right at, at that point now he comes back that was the fifth yeah goes back to the left lane he's money he comes back to the right lane in the seventh frame and he throws it again over the top of the head pin. Same thing. Leaves a seven count and picks it up. But my God, he w- he could not figure out how to keep the ball on the right side of the head pin on the right lane. Randy Peterson with the call. It's like punching yourself in the face. Oh, numerous times. You know, and right. And I, I mean, it, it was probably the most emotional match I've seen all year. I, I okay, I, I'll tell you what I thought. Is, is Okay, so seventh frame that happened. You saw EJ, you could visually see EJ and hear EJ get mad at himself. Yep. Because that's twice now on that same lane that he jacked it up. Yes. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, he's got a couple of ball. he's got his ball wrap, he'll figure this out. He ain't going to throw it through the nose three times in a row on the right lane. Well, guess what? No, I was wrong. Because then <laughs> Jones. 6'10", yeah, left to 6'10". Right, EJ comes back in the ninth again goes high through the nose and leaves the eight count, picks it up. Mm-hmm. At that point, EJ's in full-on meltdown mode. Yes, Because he now he realizes he just threw away the, the TOC. He's convinced he threw it away. I'm sitting on my couch going, dang it, EJ, you just blew it. I have never, absolutely, i never seen such emotion come from him. I mean, it was a side of EJ so that we're him. not used to seeing. Yeah. And it's an, it, it is an awful feeling, and I've been there in, in the middle of tournaments, and you're trying to swing the ball to the right, but if you know you swing the ball to the right, it ain't going to come back. Then you make yourself— Dude, I don't care. I'm telling you right now, if I would have been EJ Tackett, I'll throw it almost into the gutter if I have to. I don't care if it doesn't come back, but I'm not going through the middle again. If I miss right, I miss right. But I'm not throwing three consecutive frames on the right side through the nose again. I'm just not doing it. I think that what frustrated him so much is I think he was trying to make adjustments, and the adjustments were not working. It's the same result. Right. It was the exact same result. So frustrated. And I'll tell you something else. And I don't know how... how, popular this is on tour if a lot of guys do this but they talked at the beginning of that match that Tackett brought the exact same ball drilled like seven or eight different ways right and he right. was going to throw that ball regardless of what happened right he wasn't going to throw any other ball he, he used was it all throwing week, that right and yep. but that's all he was going to throw so when you start talking about earlier on right small would makes that ball change yes 
EJ wasn't making a ball change. No. EJ was rolling with what he had. He might have gone from the same ball to a different style drill ball, but it was going to be the same ball with the same hook on it. It had to be something that him and Brett Spangler worked out um, either during the week or in the practice. Just, I mean, EJ does get enough practice. Yeah. So it had to be something that they thought they really liked the look of. I, I just think the lanes just transition so fast on both of them. Now, if you're listening to this Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show right now, you're going to yourself, oh, my God, can't believe he screwed that up and lost his match. Yeah. We didn't Pounding say his fist three yeah. times real hard. Yeah. I mean, like, wow. If you didn't watch the TV show, we didn't say he lost. We just said he gave it away. But yep. have no fear. Tommy Jones is here in the 10th yep. to give it right back. He needed a mark. Spare. That's it. A mark. Strike. Spare. Doesn't matter. Just get 10 pins down and you win. That's all it was. Pretty simple considering how good he was bowling. Misses the head pin on the right side. So M- Made the adjustment. But, but, but again, think about this if you're Tommy Jones. The psyche. You're watching yeah. Tackett go through the nose and through yeah. the nose and through the nose. And you're going, I am not leaving some crazy split. I'll, if I miss right, I miss right. right. The problem is he never even got to the head pin. He never even got to the head pin and left that, what was that, six-count washout? Is that yeah, what it was? One, at my two, four, ten. Six-count washout. Yeah. Well, the frame before, he crossed over. Right. You yes, know, on did. that on that lane. That's true. You know, so he made the adjustment. Yep. You know, and... And now, again, now you're in a situation, pick it up. That's a makeable spare. It is. It's a makeable spare. You come over Brooklyn on the head pin, that kicks out the spare. 10, and you and you take out the other two. Yeah. And he throws the ball, and he misses the head pin. 15 feet down the lane, I knew it was left. Yep. Missed the head pin and yeah. was over. He got two. EJ and there's Tackett. wins on the bench. Yes. Tackett yeah. raises it up. In my opinion, he did not deserve to win that match. Did not no. deserve to win that match. No, but that, sometimes you'd rather be lucky than good. In well, that match, Tommy Jones was a better bowler and lost. That falls under that gift. You know, he got, just that match, he got, he got the yeah. gift. Just absolutely crazy. Happy Major title sitting on the bench. Whew. What emotion, though. I mean, my goodness. I mean, just after that match, you just, you're all worked up as a viewer. Oh, yeah. I'm all worked up now doing the show. <laughs> uh, EJ Tackett over Tommy Jones, 208 to 203. Just amazing. But people are going to talk about that match. They're going to remember that match because Tommy of Jones the emotion. Tommy Jones will remember that match, too. Oh, as sure. will EJ Tackett. They'll both remember that match forever. Tackett will remember that he shouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. Tommy Jones will remember that he had every opportunity to win and that right lane killed him. Mm-hmm. And but see, and this is the reason why a lot of these bowlers hate bowling in these tournaments where it ends up being lanes you haven't bowled on all week and then you go into these big type rooms and then they bring in the bleachers, two lanes you haven't touched and now you got to go bowl. This is why they don't like it. But I will tell you, as somebody that's been in the World Series of Bowling, Dwight, I'd rather do it that way because from a fan perspective, it's awesome. It is awesome to see it. The bowlers get screwed in the deal. I get that. But from a fan perspective, it's the best. And at this point, it's about pleasing the fans as much as it is anything else. I was going to say it is what it is. It's just the way it is right now. Coming up next, we'll talk with Sean Morris uh, of Ebonite. He will pick the winner of our ball giveaway, our track Mako bowling ball. Uh, that Milwaukee uh, area Napa Auto Care Association was nice enough to give us to give away, and Ebonite was nice enough to, to give away. Dwight will do a free drilling if, if you win the bowling ball in the next segment. Sean's going to pick the winner. We'll do that coming up next. It's the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Association here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to 
back on the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fancy Sparky Pfeiffer along with Dwight Albrecht. Of course, from the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Joining us now is Sean Morris, and we're bringing Sean on. Why? Well, because he's the ball rep, and he's the one that's going to pick the winner of the Track Mako Bowling Ball. Uh, and before we uh, pick the winner, Sean, tell us again about this bowling ball and what the winner is getting in this bowling ball. Yeah, he's actually getting a pretty unique product. It's uh, second-generation dual-density core uh, off of the Paradox, which was extremely successful. So he's got a nice high-performance ball that, uh, that I'm sure probably guarantees him a good 300 in there or her. What about the, the, the cover stock uh, for this bowling ball? Uh, and let's say it's me uh, who doesn't throw a big hook at all. Uh, is this going to help me hook the ball more uh, than I would with another bowling ball? Yeah, you got it, and it's pretty versatile, too. You know, we had a great demo out at Dwight's place uh, recently, and the ball was just phenomenal. I mean, it was good on the fresh. It was good after the guys were done with leagues throwing the ball. The ball just reacts pretty good, and it's pretty versatile. So if you're looking for some hook, you got it there. You can also adjust the cover stock and get something a little longer if you want a little bit length with it. Yeah, for me, Sean, I, I call this like one of the sleeper balls, meaning that people don't realize how really good it is unless they actually try it. And how many different styles of players are going to be able to make this ball look really good on the lanes? Oh, I, and just about any style is going to make it work good. It was kind of funny. Uh, we did a seminar series just shortly after this ball came out, and we had Mike Wolf doing the series with me. And he said, yeah, he said Dom loved it, uh, Dominic Barrett. It was extremely successful. He said he drilled so many of them out that the truck ran out of them. Uh, so there's a lot of versatility here, and the ball's uh, got some pretty good performance to it. When you talk about track bowling balls at this point, I mean, what what is, I don't know, if the, the mission statement is what I'm looking for or, or what you're trying to accomplish. What do you want average Joe that goes into Dwight's uh, pro shop uh, to know about track bowling balls before they buy it? Um, we kind of highlight a little bit here the ball, the brand being a little bit more on the techier side, uh, you know, with the dual density cores, you know, just a lot of combination there. But also, you know, it's good for even just, uh, you know, you don't have to be a techie person for this thing, this ball to work. But that's kind of what we target with the marketing, a little bit more techier, a little bit more into the product. What I have seen also, Sean, especially in about the last year, maybe year and a half, you guys have really turned around the technology down at Ebonite as track is just one of the four brands that you guys obviously rep for as your company is EBI or Ebonite's brand international. Is it all in the R and D? Is that where you guys kind of remodeled everything? Yeah, without a doubt. We did a little bit of restructuring uh, personnel wise in house and just to uh, allow us to work a little bit better as a team. And that's all that R and D team is just doing a fabulous job with the track products and the other three brands that you had mentioned. You watch a PBA uh, tournament, like Tournament of Champions or the Masters or whatever the case may be, and you got one or two of your guys on that show. Is it a huge deal for you if that guy or girl wins that TV show as far as how you do your job, as far as selling bowling balls and putting bowling balls in uh, pro shops? Oh, without a doubt, you know, because it's the, it's the pinnacle of our sport. And so, obviously, it's, you know, nowadays, because there's quite a bit of products out there, it's, it's extremely important to have somebody from the brand make the show. Sure, we want them to throw the, the latest and greatest things, but there's just so many products out there that's really, really good, and you got to get in front of the people's eyes. you got to get them on the lanes there. And so just having that, you know, have Dom make the show with the track logo on, you know, wearing the shirt, I mean, it's just so, so important for us, uh, I, I think, for the industry to succeed. How important is it in your mind then the interaction of bowlers to fans 
uh, at these different events as far as helping, again, to sell bowling balls, having that that personal connection between little Johnny uh, meeting Dom Barrett at a pro-am before the big tournament or getting Dom Barrett to sign something uh, during the tournament? Uh, it's priceless, you know, because the fans are so close to the action. They're so close to the athletes that, you, you know, you just have to have that interaction. You can't beat it. You know, you've got to have guys with some great personalities that can interact with the bowlers, you know, the the Tom Doherty's, I mean, the guys like that are just, uh, they're prices to have on your team. And not only that, obviously, uh, it was a big weekend uh, for you guys for EBI at the Masters this year as a lot of, even like our, uh, I call it the land of cheese, some of our guys from our state (laughs) actually making, you know, the cuts and getting quite far, like Nick Kremel from Whitewater um, representing EBI and and, uh, your involvement with obviously EBI out at Whitewater uh, for a college too. Yeah, yeah, you can't beat it. You know, this is such a unique event uh, because you've got more than just, you know, the professional players uh, out there competing. You've got the top amateurs out there bowling. And, and Nick's a, a perfect example, you know, coming up through the collegiate system, which is so strong, you know, nowadays. And he's just got a, just a boatload of talent. And you're right, yeah, he's just one of the local guys out there that make it. And, and it's actually pretty awesome. So how does that work then? If you, with your affiliation with different colleges, I mean, is that you walking in and other reps from other companies walking in trying to pitch your product to to align with that college? And then how competitive is that amongst the bowling ball companies? Yeah, to the T, extremely competitive because that uh, that side of the sport has just uh, just exploded, you know, in the last few years. There's just so many good programs that are out there, you know, and it's great because you know the youth of today. You know, they can use that sport, use the sport to get their education, you know, which is fabulous, you know, to go to colleges like Whitewater and Lindenwood and, uh, you know, MSOE and Milwaukee. I mean, there's just so good programs out there where you can use, you know, bowling to get your education. And they buy a lot of equipment, obviously, too, because a lot of the college kids carry 10 or 12 balls apiece to tournaments. Yeah, you better believe it. They're on extremely challenging conditions. You know, so they have to have a variety there, uh, and it just their talent's unbelievable. It's just great to see that part of the industry uh, growing. How does it work from the competitive aspect when you start talking about you know guys when girls that are getting towards the end of their college career, uh, and now we're debating whether or not they want to continue on to whether it be the women's tour uh, or the men's tour. Yeah, and that's the that's the big challenge. Just the whole big picture is is that you know we've got their interest and in that part of the sport is growing. You know, the high school programs, the collegiate programs are going, you know, if they want to take that next step, which is great to see the PWBA, you know, come back again and it's thriving. You know, we just got to hopefully continue, uh, you know, their progression, you know, whether it be the, the leagues or the, the professional events. You know, we just got to keep them going, keep them in the sport because we need that. Talking with Sean Morris of Ebonite again. Uh, nice enough to uh, help out uh, the uh, Spare Time Bowling Show along with the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association give away a track make bowling ball. You've had a chance for the last month uh, to go on uh, the website, milwcar.com, uh, and sign up there for your chance uh, to win that bowling ball. And now, Sean, it's your turn uh, to give us a number. Uh, Dwight has all the numbers uh, over there. What is it? Between 1 and 73, right? Between Correct. 1 and 73, your chance uh, to pick the winner because they no pressure, won't, Sean. They won't be able to call and yell at you. But if we pick the winner, they can go into the white shop or call the radio station and yell at me. So this way, we're off the hook. So go ahead. Sean. All right, let's pick uh, lucky number twelve. I see twelve strikes in the game coming from uh, 
the lucky person that's going to get this ball. Look at you. Boy, it's like you've done this before, huh? Look at you. <laughs> Call the 300 shot right off the bat. That That is that's a beautiful thing. All right, who do we got, Dwight? We actually have a local winner this time, Sparky. Good, that's good. D.D. Bowl from New Berlin, oh, Wisconsin. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Nicely done. Yes, and uh, we also are going to be doing the drilling node charge. Right, over the Spare Time Pro Show. For her, so it's a great deal. Works out for everyone. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Hey, Sean, man, thanks so much for helping us out again this year and uh, look forward to working with you again next year. You guys are more than welcome, and thanks for the support of the product and just uh, all the good information which you're doing out there on that broadcast. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. Sounds good. Take care. There he is. Sean Morris again uh, from Ebonite uh, joining us here on the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. And, uh, yeah, last year it was out of state, right? Wasn't it Michigan last year? Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Dave. I forgot his last name, right. but really nice guy, and and um, actually became one of my Facebook friends from it. That's awesome. Yeah, is that great? And um, and uh, you could tell he was a real bowling enthusiast, uh, Aztec person, and and he was extremely grateful that he won the ball. So it's pretty crazy because when you think of this show and you do this show, you think, well, it's Milwaukee. Uh, but it's it's really not. I mean, we get tweets from yes. Oklahoma City. Yeah. I get emails from a guy out in Portland, Oregon, that listens uh, every week uh, to this, the podcast yeah. and listens to the show. So kind of all over the country. And in large part, that's to the PBA Tour. They've promoted us over yeah. the course of time uh, to get our name yeah. out there uh, nationally. And it's been very cool to have. It's a great deal. We love, obviously, being part of it and love raffling off the ball. You ain't going to get a better rep than Sean Morris, one of the hardest working guys out there. Uh, works uh, feverishly to get the demo days going up at the uh, Bowling Alley and at the Pro Shop, and 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 thanks to him, we were able to do three demo days uh, this year. So it's um, he does all the setup, all the teardown, and promotes the product better than any of the other reps that are out there. So it's just a joy to work with him. That's awesome. He is Sean Morris again from Ebonite, uh, giving away the bowling ball today, and it goes uh, to a lucky person in New Berlin. DD Bowl. Do you know this person? I do very well. Oh, so that person's very happy then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very, you very You sure excited. you counted 12? I can show right? you the sheet you if you'd like All to right. see it. <laughs> just add the same. Make sure you counted 12, I, I have man. the sheet actually documented. I see it so, in front of me. Yes, right, if all my customers yeah. want to come in and actually see Look that Didi was the 12. winner at number 12, we will definitely it's back that up. All right. Uh, we'll come back. We'll preview uh, the coming up this weekend show. That's coming up next here on... The Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back. It's Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association here on The Fan. Our thanks to uh, Phil Brilo. Uh, for uh, being on the show all year. We talked about it earlier in the day, uh, earlier in the show. Wasn't able to join us today as he's busy out in Vegas with ExtraFramingPBA.com. Looking forward to having him back in the saddle again next year. Uh, thanks to as well to Phil Anko, uh, owner of Castle Lanes in Racine, who have their great deals on $5 Fridays. All you can bowl uh, with from noon until about 9 p.m. You have to be on the lanes by and then 11 o'clock. Uh, comes after Moonlight Bowling is done and all open bowling goes back to normal price. But for five bucks, you can bowl as much as you want all the way up until that point. And that includes shoe rentals on Fridays. And then you can bowl for less than $7 on mornings like today, Sunday mornings, from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. For under seven bucks, that includes shoe rentals. And you get three hours of bowling if you get there at 10. Heck, even if you get there at noon and bowl for an hour for five bucks, that's totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, so both of those just great deals that Phil Anko is putting on at Castellane's. Uh, in racing uh, and Highway 31. Make sure to check those guys out and uh, tell them thanks for sponsoring 
our bowling show so we can have. And, of course, Tom Mensing of the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. We've talked about him uh, throughout the show for uh, helping us with the bowling ball giveaway and being a sponsor of this show. Uh, great job for him. Eben Knight for helping us out, too. Uh, and, of course, you, Dwight Albrecht. You have been the rock of this show since we started. Uh, the you. show was named after your pro shop, the Spare Time Pro Shop uh, in New Berlin. Are you still crazy busy, or is it starting to slow off a little bit here for you? No, we are still uh, crazy busy. We will be crazy busy every day. Um, pro- I always base it off of when the Masters golf tournament starts. Sure. That first week in April. Uh, it's a. have done it now 33 years, and it is amazing to me that – we will be incredibly busy every day, and then all of a sudden, it's just like everything stops. Yep. You know, as soon Boss as we get turns off. a little nice weather-wise, you know, all the tournaments are over, leagues are starting to end, and it's just like a switch on a wall. See, and that is where my, my issues come up. League play gets done in April. Right. And then we have league play in the PBA when it's all done. Right. That To me, it just, it just, it just takes too long to get there. Yep. and. You're kind of screwed. Well, you are totally screwed because of March Madness well, go, right, right. Uh, and college basketball screws you. You're, you have no avails in March yes. to get on ESPN at that point or CBS, I think, yeah. for that matter. Uh, so you have to wait till April to do team play. Yeah. Um, but I like PBA League and, and what it does. It. I love it. And I love yep. the fact that it's at Bowling Heaven. Yes. That at also is a big fan. Yes. And I know Thank you're you, Charlie all, Mitchell. Yeah, no yep. question. Uh, and that's going to be fun this year because he's got that whole new edition <sighs> that's going to be ready to go Wish with, I was that, there. with that second tier, that mezzanine level uh, that they're going to have people. And that's going to look awesome it's be on great TV. great for the fan. And I would imagine not only will it look awesome, I bet you it'll sound even better. Absolutely, because right? the noise is coming down on top of you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just going to be great. And one day we'll have to get out we there to get a out bowling there. heaven and uh, see what that's all about. we got to do a show from there. That would be cool, too. <laughs> Absolutely, right. And, of course, you got the Masters uh, going on this weekend. So lots of fun. Thanks again for tuning in the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show for another season presented to you by the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Association. What does uh, Dwight Albrecht do in the summertime now? I take a deep breath and relax. There you go. That's nice. You ride your Harley? <laughs> ride the Harley. Um I have my summer class. You know, I always keep telling you that you, you should go. join it. Yep. What's the summer class about? <laughs> instruction class. Um, I believe it's uh, 12 weeks uh, instruction class. And we start first week of May and finish it right before the fall. And uh, Monday nights uh, from 630 to about 830, uh, you get to bowl three games for $11. Nice. And I go down and work with uh, you every week. Uh, we we um, limit uh, the class uh, to 20 people, uh, 24 people. That's all I can do. We take 12 weeks and uh, two people each week get a private lesson from me after the bowling is done. So we videotape them and, and break down their games, work them with a little bit. And a lot of our New Berlin girls, high school girls have gone through our class and look at the year that they're having, sure. going undefeated, sixteen and zero. Now they're yep. off to state. That's awesome. Uh, so good luck, girls. Um, so it's a it, it's a great instruction class, and it keeps me busy over the summer. Otherwise, you know, it's that big leg of downtime. Right. So it, it does make the summer go and by fast. People just get a hold of you at the Spare Time Pro Shop at the New Berlin Bowl. That and they call New Berlin Bowl. Either one. Okay. Uh, and New Berlin Bowl signs up the people again. We cap it off at twenty four. Sounds good. So take advantage of that. He is among the best of the best in what he does for sure. Dwight Albright. Thanks so much for tuning in. Coming up next, Hot Stove Weekly, Tim Allen and Baby Tausch of the best in Brewers coverage for you straight ahead here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. Getting-